Hey, hey, well, good morning once again. Hey, how are you guys doing? How was that worship? It was awesome. Can you give it up for our worship team? So cool. Hey, well, my name is Jeff, and uh, if I haven't met you yet, I am the campus pastor here at Life Church. So glad that you would join us this morning. We're going to be continuing our series, Holy Spirit, and uh, I'm going to jump right into it in just a few moments. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn with me to John's Gospel. We're going to be in chapter 16. We're going to start at verse 5. John's Gospel, chapter 16. We're going to start at verse 5. But uh, last week, Pastor Aaron started off this sermon series, and he kicked it off with talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And it's a three-week series, so I'm going to be speaking this week, and then next week we're going to be concluding the series. But I want to remind you, he mentioned this last week, but if you want to join us for more of an exhaustive talk, and we're going to have something on, uh, what is it, Wednesday, March 20th at 6.30 at the Germantown campus, we're going to have more of an exhaustive talk about the Holy Spirit, a Q&A, a time for prayer, very low-key. It's not going to be recorded, not going to be broadcast, but I just want to invite you to that evening if something in this sermon series last week, this week, or next week, you know, you have a question you want to bring forward or you want to kind of talk about it or receive some prayer, we'd love to have you join us that night at January 20th, or I'm sorry, March, March, my goodness, it feels like January outside with the snow, get behind me, Satan, um, but you know what I mean, March 20th, and, uh, and so we're going to be, I'm going to be continuing, I'll be there, it'll be really fun to kind of have some questions and, and kind of walk through that, but today, we're going to be continuing on our talk, and we're going to be talking about who the person of the Holy Spirit is. And last week, Pastor Aaron said, hey, the Holy Spirit doesn't change your personality, uh, but he empowers you to live out your calling. And so how does he do that? How does he empower you to live out your calling? Well, first, before we can get into that you know, aspect of it, we kind of got to talk through who the person of the Holy Spirit is. So that's going to be the title of my message, the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the title of my message today. And so we're going to read from John's gospel, but the reason we're doing that, we were in Acts last week, and if you'll excuse me, it'll be a little bit more uh, content heavy this weekend. We got a, a good amount of scripture to get through, so don't fall asleep on me. I promise it'll be good. But John's gospel is going to be the most exhaustive conversation that we have in reference to who the Holy Spirit is in any of the gospels. So the book of Acts, which we read last week and which you should read, it's a continuation of Luke, is really the actions of the early church empowered by the Holy Spirit. Check this out. The Holy Spirit was re referenced 88 times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, 261 times. So there's quite a big difference there. Now, Jesus, these are the words of Jesus as we're going to be reading in John chapter 16. He's explaining who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles, uh, but we're going to go ahead and read this along with me. It says this, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you are going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he, came, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. It's very interesting. Think about that. He, Jesus is like, I want to say more, but you would go over your head. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me for, for, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Before I dive into explaining all of this, let's just take a moment and just pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you would speak in this message, that you would speak directly to our hearts. God, I pray that it would be you who speaks and not me. God, that if anything I say, I pray it would be quickly forgotten, but what you put on our hearts would be forever remembered. God, I pray that today would be a message of empowerment, a message of encouragement, and not a message of confusion. Because God, you're a God of clarity and you're a God of love. And so God, we, we, we come to you humbly over this incredible topic and we just ask that your guidance would be here. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence into this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to start and I'm going to talk a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. And we're going to go through four things and then I'm going to kind of expound on the last one. So hang with me. The first one is this. We're going to say the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. When the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible, okay, it is, if, if singular, the Holy Spirit is given a personal pronoun of he. You can see it in the book of John as we just read. So those are the words of Jesus. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a he. The Holy Spirit is a person and he's a part of the triune Godhead. So what we believe is the triune God had one God, three distinct persons. One God, three different entities. So there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and that's Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an attribute of God the Father, but he is a person in the triune Godhead. Now, at, at, well, you could see this all throughout the Bible at the very beginning of the Bible when the, in the creation story, it says that we are creating. There is, there's, a, there's a unity at the beginning of the Bible. So Jesus was actually there at creation because he's there with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. So that's when Jesus talks about the creation of the world. He was actually there. Throughout the Bible, it's referenced. And the word Trinity is not in the Bible. However, it is a picture and it is a strong symbol that we see throughout all of scripture. And one specific time we see this is at Jesus' baptism. When he steps into his public ministry, we see the Trinity in action. So we see Jesus, who has come down from heaven to earth. He was born in a manger as a baby, lives 30 years, and he's about to step into his public ministry. So what does he do? He goes to get baptized. It's a public declaration. So he's getting baptized. When he is there, then all of a sudden, as he comes out of the water from immersion, he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove, and you hear the God the Father say this, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. In that moment, you see the triune Godhead in action right there. That, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I just kind of wanted to give you an example from the Old Testament and from the New Testament of where you see kind of that in motion. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The, the second one is this. The Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. Now we see this in John 16, 13 through 15, but it says this. The Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, and that is his main goal. So in fact, what Jesus said through the scripture, what we read, is that the Holy Spirit does not speak on his own authority, but what he hears from me, he will speak. And he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit's main goal, this is very important, is to glorify Jesus. It's his main goal. Not to glorify any specific gifting, not to glorify any specific preacher who's got a really powerful you know, fire, no. Not to glorify any church services, not to glorify those people who are really, really spiritual, no. He is to glorify Jesus. 
And I think when we talk about the topic of the Holy Spirit, the reason there's so much confusion is because there is so much power with, with, with the person of the Holy Spirit and who he is when he comes upon you and, and surrounding this topic, right? So, you know, Peter Parker's Uncle Ben, he says this, with great power comes great responsibility. Come on, somebody, Spider-Man reference. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I just gotta, just gotta get a little lighthearted things in there every once in a while, right? So, but the problem is, is there's a lot of Christians and a lot of churches who have been irresponsible and frankly weird about the power of the Holy Spirit. And because they have been that way, there has been precedents, there has been stereotypes, there has been things that you have experienced that are not the Holy Spirit's goal. It's not his goal to be like that. His goal is to glorify Jesus. So there's people that use the gifting of the Holy Spirit to glorify themselves, to glorify their churches. But that's not his goal. His goal is to glorify Jesus, first and foremost. The next one is this. The Holy Spirit convicts the lost of sin. We see this in John 16, 7 through 11. I'm telling you, right here in Scripture, we're going to read it. Verse 8, throw it up on the screen. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Come on. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin. When you think about that, that is so freeing, is it not? Because I don't have to convict people who are acting crazy in my life, in my Facebook feed, in my family. Can I get a witness? You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, like, I don't have to correct them. My family members, my, the people on the street, like I don't, as a Christ follower, have to take it upon myself to convict them that they're not following Jesus. It's not my job. All I have to do is keep pursuing Jesus with everything I have and submit my life to him. Now, you should pray for those people. Pray that the Holy Spirit does what he is supposed to do, and it's his job to convict them, so he will convict them. See, people who are always critiquing and, and convicting of other people. And you know these Christians. This is a very easy person to find, right? They're always like, hey, you really shouldn't. They're finding convictions everywhere. Really, usually what happens is they have a savior complex. But you didn't die for anyone, so you can't save anyone. So Jesus is the one who dies for us, and he's the one who saves us. So we are not the people that convict. And, and the problem is what happens is, and I see this over again, well-meaning Christians. They make these convicting comments and these things and these conclusions. But it, it may change that person's idea for a moment, but it will not last. Why? Because it's not in their heart. The Holy Spirit has to bring heart conviction, and then it is lasting. So I, I, I had this thought come to mind as I was writing this. And so this is for someone in the room. I don't know who you are, but I felt specifically that the, the change that you're pursuing, that you're longing for in either your friends, your family, or maybe even your spouse, your coworker's life, it might just be that if you get out of the way and begin to pray that the Holy Spirit can do what only he can do. And so I don't know who that's for, but I want you to feel freed. Because a lot of times we bear the weight of our friends, families, and coworkers' sin when we can't handle that. Jesus died on the cross for us, and he's the one who handles that. So we don't have to worry about what is going in their life because the Holy Spirit's going to convict them of it. And if we do the convicting, then he, can't do the he then he can't do it, and he can't do the healing that only he can do. Holy Spirit convicts the lost of sin. The fourth one is this. The Holy Spirit guides us into everyday living. The voice of guidance of the Holy Spirit is for today. Pastor Aaron said this. I wrote this in my journal last week when we were listening. He said, it's not for the sweet by and by, but the here and now. And that's a Southernism that I barely understand, okay? 
You ever get that? Sometimes, like, I, I hang around South people. He says something, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyways, sweet by and by, it's for now. Like, it's for here and now. It's, it's for today. It's not just for Sunday. It's for every day. It, it's not just for the goosebumps during service, right? He's for every day. He, he, the Holy Spirit is a person for every day. His guidance is for every day. Every single day, we need to tune in to the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper into that next one. So I'm gonna kind of give you four things off of that next one, how the Holy Spirit actually guides us. Because I think this is a question that we, we come to. How, so, okay, we get it, he guides us. But what does that actually mean? So I'm gonna try to break it down really practically, but deeply spiritually this morning. And, and so I'm gonna give you four ways that the Holy Spirit actually guides us in daily life. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit gives internal motivation and confidence gives internal motivation and confidence. I'll read you a scripture from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. He says this, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray that the father and he will give, I will pray to the father and he will give you another helper or the Holy Spirit. And he will abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. It goes on to, to finish verse 17, but you know him because he lives inside of you. So the helper, right, is in Greek. It's the word paraclete, which means to come alongside, the one that comes alongside us as we're walking, to help us. So the Holy Spirit is to help mature, to help build up, to help develop us to be more like Jesus. That, that's, what this, that's what this verse is saying. So Jesus says that, I love this, when he says he will abide with you forever, I love that. So uh, that's one of the things that I really think is super powerful that, so he'll never leave you or forsake you in every season, in every situation. He's walking beside you. He's walking alongside you. Go ahead and put that verse down. We're gonna, I, I think when you look at this, the, the person of the Holy Spirit, I like to think about him as a coach because, you know, for those of us who like sports and if you don't like sports and I'm sorry about this illustration, but a good coach is someone who knows how to motivate but someone who knows how to do it while giving you confidence, truly. Because some coaches motivate you by telling you how horrible you are. And that does create some motivation because it creates frustration. But frustration does not lead to confidence and you need confidence to succeed. And so some of us, what's happening in our relationships, what, what happens to your kids, what happened to me when I was growing up, you know, you're so lazy. Well, it creates frustration. That's what my coach would say. You're so lazy. You're just, you know, whatever. It creates frustration. However, when it comes time for confidence to take its place and I need some confidence to think that I can do it, not just motivation, then I don't have any because I've been belittled into motivation. So think about that as you're, as you're ministering to people, again, going back to convicting. You can light a fire under someone's butt for a sense, you know what I mean? But once that fire goes out, they're gonna sit back down. So if, if your only job is to fr create frustration and create friction that brings motivation, you're not a good coach because they need internal motivation and confidence because if they don't have the confidence, they're not gonna do it. So that's what happens to a lot of people in relationships and, and, and relationships in Christianity. We end up bringing so much frustration to others because we want good things for them and they just won't figure it out, right? They just won't get it through their thick skull is what my dad used to say to me, right? But it doesn't bring any confidence when you're on your own. So the Holy Spirit not only brings internal motivation, but he brings confidence. So I had this great coach in high school 
His name was Coach Maxwell. And uh, when I did something wrong on the field in football, that he was a football coach. When I did something wrong, I knew it, and I knew he knew it, and you better believe I ran to the opposite sideline that he was on, okay? And he would always, like, speed walk over, because if you're running at a kid in high school, I'm sure that looks bad. You know, so he'd, like, speed walk over, be like, he'd always yell at me, Lister, you know, yeah, what are you doing? That's not who you are. And I remember that he would, not, he would never bring anything other than that's not who you are. That's not your standard of play. That's how he would say it. And it, I found it very interesting. Now, on the flip side, when I did something good, it didn't matter where I was on the field. He would get to me first or just scream it from the sideline. That's who you are. That's the way you play. That's what I see in you. Those are the things that he would scream. And I'm still remembering that to this day because of his intentional wording. And so what I want you to see is when, when I did something, he was there for me. He was going to call it out. I mean, he wasn't going to let me get away with it because he was there with me. He was with me wherever I was on the field. But when I did something great, he gave me the confidence to remind me who I am. The Holy Spirit kind of does the same thing. When you walk into a situation that you know and, and everybody else knows you ain't supposed to be in, the Holy Spirit's not going to pull any punches. He's going to bring conviction. And conviction is a real thing. He's going to bring conviction. But what's going to happen is it's not a conviction of how horrible you are because that's different. That's condemnation, and that comes from the enemy. So if you're sitting here thinking, oh, man, I'm so bad this week, that's not from the Holy Spirit. That's from the enemy because he wants to push you down, again, to create frustration because he knows that it doesn't lead to confidence. But when you're with the Holy Spirit, he brings internal motivation and reminds you that's not who you are. And then when you do something great, when you do something in your calling, when you live who you are, what he brings is confidence because he says, that's who you are. That's who I made. That's who I see you to be. That's what you have potential in your life. I'm telling you, I, I think about that so often as I'm trying to coach people in spirituality or wherever it is. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm going to say that's not who you are. Uh, and Because and, I'm not the person who brings conviction, but the Holy Spirit brings conviction. That's not who you are. Confidence, that's who you are. That's the type of person I want you to be. It's very interesting to think about that. He'll give you the confidence to keep going. Some of you in the room, maybe you just need confidence. Like you, you're, you're living a so-so life, but maybe you need confidence to take the next step to walk into it. The Holy Spirit brings internal motivation and confidence. Second one is this. Holy Spirit gives you insight for living. We're gonna read John chapter 14, verse 26. It says this, but the advocate, or once again, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said. This is the words Jesus now. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and remind you of everything that Jesus had said. So the Holy Spirit will give you knowledge, he'll give you insight, he'll give you wisdom in situations that you cannot do in your own strength. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's reminding you. He's a helper. He's coming alongside you. He's reminding you and teaching you all things of Jesus and who Jesus is and what Jesus had said. See, when I'm preparing for the message on the weekend, I usually read the scripture several times. And so I'll read through it, read through it. And I'll ask the Holy Spirit, teach me something that I've never seen before. 
Because the Bible is a double-edged sword and it pierces through bone and marrow. It's very sharp and it will come at you no matter if you're 70, 90, or 10. It'll come at you and it convicts you right where you are because it's living and active, right? So, so I say, hey, well, teach me something that I've never seen before. Give me insight so I can present this message this weekend in a practical and a powerful way. I mean, there was one time recently, and I wasn't speaking at this church. I was speaking at another church just a few months ago. And so I'm, I'm preaching, and I get done with my message, and, and I walk off stage. And so I'm talking with people, shaking hands, and kind of connecting with people. And this one person comes up to me, and they're like, man, what you said was perfect. And they're like, it was so right about my marriage, and I need to forgive, and I need to move on, and I need to, all this stuff. You know what's funny? I didn't say a thing about marriage. <laughs> My message was about discipleship. And so, it, but the, what was happening is the Holy Spirit was crafting my message better than me to speak directly into this person's situation. And I'm telling you, this happens so often that I just nod my head and say, yeah, wasn't that awesome when I said that? What does it matter? Right? Like, yeah, wasn't that awesome? What is that? A great illustration. It happens so often. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is giving you insight. He's giving you insight. It doesn't matter what I'm speaking on. You can be challenged. You can be convicted. You can be motivated in something that I'm not even talking about because you're opening your ears and listening to who the person of the Holy Spirit is and what he has to say. It's important to remember, though, that he is not speaking on his own authority but he is speaking of Jesus. And, and I really want to hit this point hard because it's a really cool revelation uh, when you realize that he's speaking on behalf of Jesus and his glory. So, because I grew up in a church, church tradition, and maybe you grew up in a different church tradition, and I drew, grew up in a church tradition where people took a lot of, let's just call it, uh, I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way to say this, uh, creative liberties, Okay. That's what they took with the person of the Holy Spirit on in, in insight. They took creative liberties. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit, through the gifting, spiritual gifts, gives knowledge and, and words of knowledge and all that stuff. But where I grew up, and it's thus saith the Lord and, and all this stuff, and, and, and it's fine, and that's great. There's, there's a place for that, and we're going to talk about that more next week. Um, so come back next week. We're going to talk more about the functioning of the Holy Spirit in a service and how that happens. But when we're talking about this, what happens is a lot of people will come up and they'll say, hey, you know, the Lord told me this about you. I'm like, okay, you know, thanks. Well, he's going to speak to me too. But what happens is a lot of times what I found is they took creative liberties on thus saith the Lord, but it didn't line up with the Bible. So it's important to know that the Holy Spirit isn't going to speak on behalf of himself. He's not creating a new religion. He's not creating a new a way to do church, a way to read the Bible. He's, he's speaking on behalf of Jesus. So if anyone, or if you have a thought that pops in and it's like, woo, this is new, this is great. Ah, let's, let's, let's put it against scripture. Because if it doesn't go through the truth of Jesus, if it doesn't go through the truth of the Bible, then it is not the Holy Spirit. It might be some funky Chipotle, but it is, Chipotle is never funky. That's a lie. I'm sorry. Qdoba, get out of here. But Chipotle, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's just like, it, it, it's not the Holy Spirit. So when someone comes up to me, I mean, this happens all the time in, uh, at the college I went to. Someone would come up and say, hey, you know, Holy Spirit told me you're supposed to do this. And I was like, that ain't biblical, man. So no, I'm not doing that. So you got to run it through scripture, which is why it is important that you read your Bible. Yeah. 
which is why it's important that we know the Bible, that we do soap, that we, because insight, and, and the Holy Spirit will give you knowledge that it's beyond yourself, absolutely. But if you have never cracked open the book, then you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. So let's figure out how do I get daily soap? What do I got to do? How can I walk through this? And, and, and so be careful of that. But it's because it's interesting when someone comes up to you and, and, and that is a legit gift. Like I've had that happen where someone comes up and they're reading my mail, you know, and they say something that no one else knows that I've been hoping that no one figures out and then all of a sudden they figure it out and then they tell me and it's like, oh boy. But you know that's powerful because that's God. But there's a difference. So if it doesn't line up against scripture, if it doesn't glorify Jesus, then it's not insight, it's sin. But it's for everyday living. So... What I do before every meeting, I try to, I don't do it, I'm not going to lie to you, and say I do this all the time. I, I try before every meeting is to pray, and I ask the Holy Spirit, hey, would you give me insight into this meeting? Would you give me something that this person needs to know? Would you help me walk into this conversation? Would you, you know, wherever it is, a meeting, a grocery store, and, uh, you know, because we do this very well with big things, like surgeries or job interviews. Someone's like, hey, would you pray for me, or would you ask me for guidance? Uh, would you ask the Holy Spirit to give me guidance or do you have Jesus speak to me? Sure, but what about every day? And, and what if this is something we did every single day? And it doesn't have to be weird, okay? Like it doesn't have to be, oh, brother, I'm getting something from up top. No, like it can just be like listening to the Holy Spirit. Come on with me. I'm telling you, I grew up in, with snakes and blankets and some of y'all don't know nothing about that. Be thankful, okay? I got pushed over in church all the time. I'm telling you, it's weird. It's a miracle I made it through. You know what I mean? It's because we catered Chipotle. Anyways, it's like, no, that's not it. It's, I, I want to tell you this story, and this is not fun to tell, but I'm going to tell you it. So one of the ways that I see the Holy Spirit working in my life, recently last week I was taking out the trash, and I got my AirPods in, and I'm listening to music, and, and so I'm walking out the door, and I got trash, and I'm heading out to a meeting that I have, and as I open the door, there's someone who lives below us, because we live in an apartment or a duplex complex, and someone who lives below us, and their trash is out in front of their door, and I saw that, and, and I'm holding the trash, but I got my headphones in, and there was a lady there, and she's an elderly lady who lives below us, and and she said, oh, I'm sorry, my trash is here. Someone from the apartment complex is supposed to come and pick this up. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And I just walked away and went to my car and threw my bags in the back, drove over to the dumpster and threw them away. And it was as I was pulling out that the Holy Spirit began to say to me, hey, Jeff, you know, you want to pastor the city? You should have taken her trash. And I was like, oh. He's like, you want to love your neighbor? He's like, you had an opportunity to do it right there. You had an opportunity to pick up her trash. And so you better believe if it's within my power and there's a piece of trash outside that lady's house, I'm picking it up from now until kingdom come. But it's not, it doesn't have to be weird. It can be normal. It was, but here's what it was. I was too busy. I had my headphones in. I'm blaring music. I'm going to a meeting. I got stuff to do. I'm a big, important Christian. But I'm too little, I, I'm not, I'm my, in that moment, I was too busy to do what Jesus actually said to do. And, and that's what he convicted me of. He said, listen, you're, I don't care what you do on Sunday. If you don't do that stuff, it don't matter. So that's the big things are a bunch of small things that you do consistently. When you get to be able to do big things, it's because you've done small things consistently. And, and I just felt so convicted about that. And I was like, oh, man, now I'm not losing sleep over it, Okay. But it's something that I'm going to change. It's something that I'm going to say, you know what? 
Because I, I was just talking with someone this week and I said, listen, when we, if we want to create opportunity to reach people in our neighborhood, maybe we should put down our phone when we're interacting with someone else. Maybe we should take out our AirPods. Because I'm speaking to myself. Because I realize what happens is there, there's someone I've been building a relationship with at a coffee shop in the area and I just, I'm just getting to know this kid. And I realize that every time I go up there, conveniently I've left my phone in my coat pocket. And it's not intentional. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not good at this but I don't have anything else to make myself feel comfortable, so I just talk. And I've built a relationship with this guy, and I believe that Jesus, he's gonna come to know Jesus, and he's gonna come to our church, and that's because I'm creating an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do and the Holy Spirit to speak. So are you too busy for insight into your life? Because he's gonna give it. The question is, will you hear it? Third one is this. The Holy Spirit gives you a power to be the overcomer, to be an overcomer. Acts 1.8, we're going to read it. I'm trying to speed up here. I'm going a little long. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, this is the Holy Spirit, or this is what Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will come, you'll receive power. So Pastor Aaron hit a little bit on this this last week. If you didn't, if you didn't catch his message, it's on our website. You can get that. But the word power is, we get in Greek, is what means the same word as dynamite. Okay, so it's, it's this explosive power that Jesus is talking about when the Holy Spirit is, is coming upon you. But it's interesting the way that he uses it. He says, Jesus says, for you to be my witnesses. Not explosive power in worship services or in prayer meetings. That's, that's there too, but to be my witnesses in your city, in your neighborhood, in your nation, and around the corner and around the world. That's what he said, to be my witnesses. It's not just for here. And I think this is very under, underutilized in our church today because we reserve the power of the Holy Spirit for church. We are very compartmentalized as a society. We have our spiritual life and we have our work and family life. And many times we just don't want them to connect. The problem is Jesus, he wants your whole life. So if you're truly gonna follow him, it can't just be a spiritual life and a work life and a family life and a friend life and a where I go to sports life. It's all. I got to surrender all to him. Jesus is very holistic about when he, you got to give everything to him. So the real power of, of the Holy Spirit isn't meant to just be in church and have great services. Yes, it's for that, but he, he is all about empowering you outside of the four walls to reach people to be like Jesus gives you power to be an overcomer. And I thought this, this week, what does that mean? Like we're thinking about that statement. What does it mean to overcome? Gives you power to overcome the world. What does that mean? Here's what I think it means, my best translation. He gives you the power not to succumb to the fleshly desires and what the world says is normal, but to overcome your flesh and to overcome the norms of the world to live a life that is fully devoted to Jesus. That's what it means to overcome. It doesn't mean like I got someone around me who's bothering me, so I'm gonna overcome you. No, that's not what it means. It means I have the power through the Holy Spirit to not succumb to the powers of my flesh or what the world says is normal. The world says this is normal to do it this way. I can drink, I can do whatever, I can be crazy person, I can steal, I can punch people in the face. Like, no, that's all normal. Like our world's nuts, just an FYI. And it's gonna keep being that way. But we can either complain about it and talk about how much we hate it, or we can overcome it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Overcoming it doesn't mean pushing them down. It means not succumbing to it. 
and then teaching people about Jesus so that they can then overcome. Because the world is always going to be there. The flesh is always going to pull against you. But it's how do you overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit? So how, who, who are you teaching? Hey, how can we be an overcomer? Because here's the reality. Everyone, this is what it's like. I'm, I'm going to succumb to this. Why? Because everyone does it. Everyone steals time from work. Everyone cheats on their taxes. Everyone lusts off after someone who isn't their spouse. I mean, everyone does it. Everyone does that. We don't have to. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon us so that we can overcome. We can overcome. To walk into holiness and discipleship of Jesus. The fourth one is this. The Holy Spirit gives us direct connection to God. I'm going to read two verses for you, and then I'm going to have the band come up in a moment. But let me read these verses first. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says this. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, for they utter the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. It's talking about speaking in tongues. Let's move on to Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Holy Spirit, because he intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. So it's talking about the, the Holy Spirit gives you a direct connection to God, a direct connection to the heart of the Father. So this is talking about speaking in tongues, the first verse. And so when you're speaking in tongues, you're not speaking to other people because you're speaking in a language that we do not understand. You're speaking to God. So it's a personal prayer language and a direct connection to God. Now we're going to get more into this next, next week, speaking in tongues, interpretation, how that all works. We're going to really walk through it. So I really want to encourage you to come back next week. It's going to be a powerful, powerful time together. But I love what he says is that in our weakness, when we don't know what to pray, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. So he searches our hearts and helps us know how to pray. It's one of the most ex powerful experiences when you open your heart and your eyes to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a direct connection to God. It's a direct connection to the heart of the Father. When I don't know what to pray, that's when I pray in my personal prayer language. That's when I pray and I ask the Holy Spirit, hey, I don't know what to do. I really just don't know what to do and this is hard and this is hard and I'm not sure what to do and I'm not gonna complain about it but I'm gonna go to the one who's the helper, who's the advocate, who's the one walking alongside me and I'm gonna say, hey, would you help me because you have a direct connection to the Father. Yeah. Hey, any of us have a boss in this room? Anyone have a boss? Anyone? Okay, pretty much everyone, right? If you have a good connection to your boss like someone who can actually make a difference, have you ever had a job where you don't have a direct connection to the boss and you don't have a direct connection to someone who can actually make a change? It's extremely frustrating. Why? Because you can talk to that person all you want, the person who's above you, but it doesn't make any difference. But when you have a direct connection to someone who's got authority, you can make a change in your organization. You can make a change in your job. See, when you're talking through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're talking to someone who's got all authority, who created the heavens and the earth, who created you and can speak and can change lives. I'm gonna have the band come up at this time. To close this service, I'm gonna do a little illustration. And uh, I think it's gonna be very interesting for us. And uh, so the band's gonna come up and start playing. But every week our band leads us in worship, right? They lead us in worship into the presence of God. But let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered, like, how they stay on beat? Has anyone ever won that? Like, have you ever wondered how they know how to play a certain part? 
like how they know when to stop and start? Like, do we have any music, musical people in the room? If you're not in the band, you should, you know, start playing soon. Um, but, you know, like, I'm, I'm just like, I can't. I'm so bad at music. You have no idea, okay? When we first started, <laughs> this is almost three years ago now, we first started at our church, um, our bass player, Gage, was still learning bass, and he's incredible. And, uh, yeah, give it up. So, you had to settle for moi, and it was bad, let me tell you. Miss Laura Coggins, what would happen during worship practice is she would look over at me as I was playing and say, wrong chord, you know? And then she would go, she would mouth this, seriously, one service. She goes, C, A, D. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, why am I up here? This is not my gifting. I'm horrible at it. But she was like trying to help me along. So I'm telling you, it's, it's, I'm like wonder. And so have you ever noticed like what's in their ears? Like they have this, you know, it's not just like because they're in a club or something weird. No, it's like what happens is they're called in-ear monitors. And in those in-ear monitors, they hear the mix of the other band members and they hear the mix of the tracks, the things that are going through to help us lead. So what I want us to do is I want the band to start the song, but I want you to hear what they normally hear in their ears through the overhead speakers. Because I think it'll be very interesting and I, I want to make a point about it. So let's go ahead One, and start the song. One, two, One, two, three, four, five, six. Intro. Intro. Verse. Huh. Did you ever think that so many things would be going on in their ears? So what's happening there? Do you hear the click? That's keeping them on time. That's keeping them on beat. And then there's something else. There's something called a guide. That guide is there telling them, one, two, three, four, five, six, start, intro, verse. It's leading them. What's happening is they're leading you in worship, and they're leading the worship, but the guide is help leading them navigate through the songs. So just like the guide in their ears, the Holy Spirit can be like that for you. As you're walking through your daily life, as you're walking through situations, you're walking to the grocery store, one, two, three, four, five, it, keeping you on time, keeping the verse, keeping the intro. Now I'm going to start here. Now I'm going to talk to this person. Oh, maybe I should give this here. Oh, maybe I should give that there. Or maybe I should pray for this person. I got to step away from that because the song is concluding. The Holy Spirit is a guide. You didn't realize this, but you got in-ear monitors in each and every day. And he wants to speak to you, to guide you, to lead you to where you're supposed to go see you didn't see that this is happening each and every week so the guide is helping them lead us in worship now the guide the helper the advocate is to help you lead your community into worship of Jesus Christ when you don't know what to say the guide will lead you I'll step here I'll go there I don't know where to go it's the Holy Spirit and he speaks and he guides and he advocates and he helps. So right now, what I want us to do is, can we stand all over this room? We're going to take the guide, and we're going to take the click out, and we're going to sing that song. We're going to sing about the reckless love of God. And I just want us to sing that song. And then I'm going to come back up, and we can sit back down, and we'll close the service. But I just want us to respond right now in this room. We can turn the lights down, respond in just, just this song for worship. 
I want to ask you, just, just right now, all over this room, would you put your hands, would you lift your hands up? Just as a symbol, God, Holy Spirit, would you come? The Holy Spirit is in this room. Would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come in this room? Would you speak to us? Would you show us who you are? Father, we lift you up today. We ask that you would guide us, that you would lead us, that you would show us who you are. In Jesus' name.